Welcome back to Rude Dude. Papa Loke, with my partner, the Cree Father. How you doing there, Cree? Well, the Cree Father, dude, um, is doing better today uh, than he was the last five days, brother. Um, doing, That's right. Doing, doing better than I was, man. Uh, I can get into that in a second after I ask you. How are you doing, brother? I'm good, man. I got into a routine where now I guess I do legs on Thursday. It worked out. I've been pretty consistent. Nice. And I got back to legs today. I love a routine. So we did that again and had a good workout and excited about the podcast. I'm a little nervous about the topic, but I think that's what makes it good. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm excited. I'm feeling good, man. I'm ready. I'm happy to be here with you. I love, we talked about this before, but I, I love having guests. But also love just sitting here with you because that's what we do. And it's awesome just having a conversation with my boy. Yeah, dude, there is something to just sitting here and not having to uh, wait for the other person and having to ask a, a certain structured question. I mean, I, I do enjoy the the guests as well because it's it's a little peek inside somebody else's story. But it is it, it there's nothing better than sitting here and just bullshitting with you, man. It's a little more stressful, like. You have to guide and navigate and keep it interesting. And I mean, I'm not putting it down, but it's just a different thing. You know what I mean? It is a different thing, dude. It is. And I'm glad that you fucking uh, Thursdays used to always be my leg day back when I went to the gym. Always Thursdays, Mondays, chest and fucking tries, uh, Tuesday, back and buys, Wednesday, shoulders, and then Thursdays, legs. And then Fridays was fucking pretty much everything back to chest and tries. And that's on another that's on another story, though. Some bodybuilder Cree. Some, you know, some fucking guy who literally looks like a fucking noodle. If you're well for our YouTube watchers. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me get into. Let's talk about your mental health a little. Well, man, as everybody knows, for our dedicated listeners, uh, we've been very transparent about, you know, my current situation with uh, or my past situation with, you know, anxiety, depression, uh it's something I've dealt with like my entire life. Uh, and dude, these last five fucking days have been a old Wapparoonie for, for the old uh, daddy Cree over here, man. Um, the old young Cree. Yeah. I, uh, I was struggling hard over here um, with just this massive, massive anxiety loop, man. I mean, like from like sun up to sundown intrusive thoughts were coming in like fucking like like jet bombers um you know i i I was i was all over the place dude and then when when that happens to me per se it's fucking exhausting it's exhausting because you're just like mentally stressed and fatigued and then you know at this stage of my life i'm trying to work while doing that and then the moment i get off work you got screaming children and it's just dude it's 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 a stress it's a stress machine um, 
And so, yeah, I was had a I had a rough week, man. I just had a really, really rough week. Did you have a Did you have a pal that <laughs> perhaps suggested anything? You know what? There is this There is this asshole that I that I sit with on Thursdays, um, <laughs> who I, I I finally I finally reached out because I I tried to take care of it, right? Like I I used to I used to handle it in different ways. Like I used to take medication for it, like lorazepam's and things like that. And I uh I ended up you know just talking with you about it and you're like man you got to get back in the fucking gym dude and lo and behold you were you were right man like i before graham was born i was going to the gym five days a week right and then the injection of him fucked the whole schedule up right and i i just don't have the time but the thing is is now i have to find the time because i did two consecutive days of working out and it's a massive change in my overall mood. And, and it, it's that missing piece that like, I just have to have at this stage of my life, right? Like I just have to have it. There are some very important lessons here. And, you know, this was not to uh, stroke myself for, you know, giving you a suggestion. <laughs> here's, here's the point to our listeners. When's the last time you exercised? When's the last time you did physical activity. You don't have to lift weights if that's not your thing, but going on a walk, going on a run, boxing, hiking, riding your bike, whatever you walking the dog. Physical activity is so important for not only your body but your mind. Mm. Uh there's a reason that I say I always work out on Thursdays. I know that my 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 brain sharper, my energy's better to do this podcast. And if I always talk about, and this is what I said to you on here, like if you, if there's an issue, if you have something going on, like bust a move. Mm -hmm. And so what can we do if our mental health is slipping? Well, we can try and do things that make us feel good uh, is even, and and this gets even deeper into like self-care. So you're not an exercise person. You're not a workout person. Fine. Like for Cameron, you could do your painting. When's the last time you painted and listened to your Zen music? When's the last time you meditated? When's the last time you did yoga? When's the last time if you pray, did you pray? Play the guitar. Exactly. Like this, we're talking about self-care. And you said like, it's been hard since Graham came. I don't have the time. I totally get that dude. Like hundred percent. I'm not knocking you for that. But I also say like, we have time for what we make time for. Mm-hmm. And one of the greatest things I heard this doctor said, if you don't take time for your physical health, you will be forced to take time for your physical health. Meaning, you know, you don't take care of your body and stay healthy. You're going to be fucking sick later yep. and you'll be bed rest, whatever the hell else. So yeah, I can't stress it enough, and I'm really happy that it helped and made you feel a little better. Well, thanks, dude, and and it it it's it's super true, right? Like I I'm active as hell because I have the two kids, right? Like Addison's four and and Graham's nine, and I got the dog. Like I'm 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 moving around. Like I I hit ten thousand steps daily, right? Like I'm not like one of these people that that just is like sedentary. Like I I move, um, but that doesn't that's not enough for me. Right. It's just not to achieve how I feel today and how I felt yesterday. I have to do that extra like that. It has to be the 10,000 steps plus 
like a run on top of that and lifting some weights. Like it, it has to be, there has to be more for me to feel this level headedness. And I think it's just, it's just maybe, maybe a, like a chemical imbalance or something like that. But like, dude, I have really low, I can get down really quick. And, 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 and this is a, a natural way for me and you and everybody else listening for us to kind of boost ourselves up a little bit, because that natural high that you get after that is, is, is unbelievable, right? Like, like driving about 15, 20 minutes after you're in the car and you're, I mean, I'm like, I'm sitting there like fucking like depression. What the fuck is this dude? Suck a dick, man. I feel yeah. great. <laughs> you're like I'm going to go home and fucking whip these dishes out. I might do some vacuuming in this bitch. I'm going like, to go. fucking put the podcast on 12 new platforms. I mean, dude, I was getting after it, dude. Like, <laughs> Dude, you, you were crushing it today. I was like, maybe we should do this. Five minutes later, you're like, done. Maybe we should do this. Yep, I got that too. Here we go, baby. I was like, God damn, my boy's out there getting it. Dude, dude, a quick run. So a little a little arm workout and some fucking protein and creatine. Got the Cree over here jacked out of his mind, bro. But I think I think that another thing I wanted to hit on before we get on the topic was was I was trying to figure out where this all came from, right? Like, like, hey, where the hell did this yeah. this little loop come from? And I got to be honest, man, it's this little uh, surprise grief. Dude, I miss Michael, right? Like, like I saw him a lot, right? And mm-hmm. and I didn't think I was going to miss him that much. Well, I, I mean, I don't mean it that way, Michael. I know you're probably listening. <laughs> I knew I was going to miss you, right? Like, like I did. And, and but... I get what you're saying, though. But I didn't. Think you didn't think it would realize how much it would affect exactly, you. Exactly, dude. Exactly. Like when I went to go say goodbye to him, I mean, I'm bawling my fucking eyes out, bro. You know what I mean? Like, like I wrote, I wrote a three page handwritten letter. Like I gave him one of my one of yeah. one of my first chips. Yeah, like I gave him one of my first chips as like a motivating thing for him, and like you know, I put some thought into it. And what it did, dude, is it actually like it just hit me with that grief. And and that is an emotion that is fucking rough, dude. That is rough. And and then it got me thinking like, hey, man, well, fuck, I'm, I miss him. I'm going to be moving next year. How scary and sad is that going to be? And then, dude, it just and then and then the hamster wheel started. And then all of a sudden, like I said, I'm having thoughts about fucking everything. Hey, we should jump head first off this bridge or hey, let's you, go. Fucking you, know, you know what else? <laughs> a semi truck could just bust through my living room right now and kill my whole family. Exactly, dude. Hey, that that guy walking down the street is probably going to kill me in my sleep. Like, that's fantastic. Like, like, you know what I mean? Like, dude. And then it was it was fucking on like Donkey Kong, bro. So I just I. I, I like to kind of try to get to the source and I think I think that was kind of it. I think I got uh you know bamboozled into uh um some grief that I just wasn't expecting. I was expecting sadness, but I wasn't expecting that much. Well, I'm I'm glad you identified that. I always like to do that and try to do that. Sometimes you can't. You know, my my sponsor told me that one time. It's like sometimes feelings are just feelings yeah. and you feel shitty yeah. and it's not really a reason, but if you can, it's good to pinpoint it. And then what can you do? You can call Michael. You can send him a text. Say, hey, buddy, I miss you. I've been thinking about you, whatever. Um, and I, that that's cool. I, another thing I wanted to touch on before we get out of this topic was you mentioned you're active and you get all your steps and all that. And that's cool. But I think the other element of what working out does for for you or anyone or, or like a run or your walk, whatever, is being alone. If you're working, talking to people around people all day. And then you come home and you got your wife and two kids like running circles around the house, banging pots and pans. Like we all need some time to ourselves. We all need a little 
private me time with silence or music or whatever that looks like for you, but like some time away. And this is not like, Oh fuck my family. It's like what, what we need for ourselves. I, I know I do. And, and for any healthy relationship, the moral of the story, get yourself some me time, whatever that looks like for you. I think that's super important. Yeah, man. And, and even I, I, I formulated a plan that, you know, even if I can't make it to the gym, I can I can go out on my patio or in my garage and I I can find time for it when the kids are asleep. I I if I got to get up a little bit earlier, it's just it's I got to make that time and it's got to happen because I can't be feeling like I was feeling and uh, it's only for my benefit. So and for people looking to get started, I don't want to go to a gym. It's scary, whatever. Commit to doing 10 pushups and 10 air squats every day or whatever, 20 pushups a day, whatever you are you know, pick one time, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, I do 20 push-ups and 20 air squats every morning or every night before. But, you know, start small yep. with something like that. But I think we've uh, belabored the point enough. I do have... Well, thanks for letting me talk about it. Yeah, man. I, I, I think it's important. Like, this is the whole point of our show is to to be honest and, and show that we struggle too and talk about how to get through it because that's what we want to help our listeners do. Amen to that, brother. So I have news. I don't know if I told you, but the super boss has sold his company. Yay. Congratulations, SB. Yeah. Congratulations. I think it's about I think it's long overdue for SB to go right off into the fucking sunset and stop working for yeah. Christ's sake. Yeah, well, he's not gonna stop working because he's a crazy farm boy. But uh <laughs> he has to work for them for another like two years, maybe one year actively. But this is what he wants. He doesn't. He wants to work for someone else. He wants someone else to be in charge and and everything not fall on him. Have some structure and some support put in by other people, and he just does his job. But yeah. it's very exciting. And I was regaling Kristen with uh, the story of CPAC last night and how I got a job uh, working for another solar company. They laid me off, and the next day or the next week. We were working for them as a subcontractor, my dad and I, and I hired the guy who worked with me. So the two people who were already doing their jobs as employees came back and we were doing them as subcontractors uh, like the next week. And my dad and I were working out of a Toyota Tundra. That's all we had. We didn't have a uh, trailer or anything like that. And, and out of the house, out of the Toyota Tundra, driving around the Bay Area together, staying in hotel rooms together, same hotel room, to we've now sold the company for a nice little chunk of change. And uh, it's just really cool to think of how far we come and what how we started. And I'm just really happy for my dad. So it's some exciting news. That is exciting news, and congratulations to you both. I, I'm glad you got to share those experiences of traveling around and working with your dad. I got to do that because uh, that, that's how I initially got into surveying before I went off and started working for my own my older yeah my own companies. Um, it, it's something else when you're sitting there sleeping in the same hotel room with your dad and you're working together and shit and traveling around. It, it was some of the best times of my life, actually. I, 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 I'm glad I had that. So yeah, congratulations, guys, and 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 that's a that's a testament to hard work, right? Because, you know, you build it up coming out of a Toyota Tundra and now you're, send, you're selling the company for, you know, a pretty penny. What a win. With, you know, like three, four trucks and a warehouse. And, yeah, it's, it's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. So we are going to get into our topic. 
and you you hear you <laughs> all the hard episodes are always on you dude. yeah what yeah. the fuck dude yeah, don't like, you have I hard I, shit <laughs> uh, well i mean i did just say that i was depressed and shit i mean i mean i mean there's that but it's, it's like it's always like it's like oh you can hear the trepidation in henry's voice what 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 could be coming yeah so i'm gonna start with a little anecdote that will explain and and lead us into our topic I learned a I learned a valuable lesson when I first came to Morgantown and first started going in, into meetings and stuff about myself. And that was when I would hear people and what I'm about to say is not my actual view, it's not my current view. You'll know that, but I'm going to say it how I how my truth. So, when I would hear people say yeah, my kids got taken by CPS. They live with my parents, whatever this, that. I'd be like, fucking piece of shit. Um, and I, I judged people so hard who didn't have their kids. And one day I was like, dude, your fucking kids live in California and you live in West Virginia. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? And the valuable lesson here, and this is what I've told my daughter, the valuable lesson is we we pick things out in others that we don't like about ourselves. I tell my daughter, when when people are hating on you, there's two reasons. They see something in you that they don't like about themselves or they're jealous of you. That that Those are the reasons that people hate. And I learned this lesson of like, oh my God, I'm so harsh on people. But what it actually was is this fucking guilt that I carry for not living even in the same state as my children. And that's been that's been a, a, a journey for me. You know, I, I think that's uh, absolutely kind of wild how how you you could sit there and be like, hey. What a what what a humongous piece of shit, you know what I mean? And, and and then lo and behold, you know, a little bit of time goes by, and you you have that kind of revelation. Like, wait, I am that I am that person. Yeah. I'm not saying you're a piece of shit, but you get what I'm saying. Be like, be like that person and I are the same person. Yeah. And yeah, and and I know trouble. that this is a this is a very very difficult topic, dude. And I got to be honest, I've thought about it a lot. Uh, and I've, I've just sat and I've even talked with Ash about it on how I always wonder how you process this. You know what I mean? Because I'm a parent and, and I've sat here and I've just kind of been like, Hey, how does he, how does he deal with that? Like, does that cause this internal dilemma? Blah, 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 blah. And I, and I worry about you sometimes in regards to it. Um, I, I, I'm going to turn this episode into kind of like a, a an interview into you, if that's okay. Cause I, I just have some questions, bro. Um, when when you when you went out to West Virginia, right? You had Katie already. Uh, was that always going to be a permanent move? Like, I I don't think you and I have ever talked about that. Was that going to be a permanent thing, or did it just happen organically? So it wasn't. It was not planned to be permanent, but there was a plan of me sticking around here for a while because. And this ties into to all this. I've I had gone to rehab and gone home 
three times before I came here. So what do they always suggest when you get out of rehab? Go to sober living. What did I never do when I got out of rehab? Went to sober living. What did I always do when I got out of rehab and didn't go to sober living? Relapse. (laughs) And part of that is, is community. You know, you know, community is like our number one thing. And you get close to all these people in rehab and then you move away or like back to home and you're not by any of them and you don't have any accountability. You go back to your same shit. You go back to the same places, play things, play toys, and you get right back to the same bullshit. Well, I think, I think, I think it's crazy. So when did you, when did you make the decision to actually stay though? Well, it's never been, it's never been like I made, like I said, that's it. I'm just staying here. It's always been more like, uh, I'm doing well here for the first few years too. Cause he, here's, here's what tipped me off. So I visited California a lot. Um, mm-hmm. you know, throughout the years I, I was going, especially in the beginning, I was coming back two to three times a year. And something that tipped me off about staying here was I would go back to California and get straight into the heebie jeebies, this place, these people, these things, these, my liquor store. I know the fucking guy who owns that. I know he's got a bottle of this sitting in the freezer for me that he put there, you know, like all that shit. And not to mention there's like two liquor stores in all of Morgantown. There's two liquor stores on every (laughs) fucking corner of Sacramento, dude. It is outrageous. Yeah. I want to say this gently, carefully, but there are reasons that, that I, there are reasons, other reasons that I, I can't be in Sacramento. There are relationships that are better from a distance. Okay. So anyway, back to the main answer was, okay, I'm doing great in Morgantown. Because I'm, I don't have all the stories, all the trouble, all the all the bad nights, all the bad experiences, all those shitty fucked up memories, and all the liquor stores I used to go, all the bars I used to go to, all the shit that happened. I don't have any of that here. Here is only recovery. Here is only I only know people who don't drink or use that. Like that's it. And back home, there's all that shit. So when I would go visit. Um, I just was like, oh, I thought I was cool, but going back there made me want to use and maybe I'm not quite ready for that. That's what originally started pushing it back. Okay. So, so that's actually, that makes a bunch of sense. I think, I think it makes it, uh, I give you, um, some more credit for that dude, because that's a, that's some pretty good self-awareness knowing like, Hey, Every time I come back here, I got I got the old devil. Like you got the gipper in your ear. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you know, and 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 knowing like, hey, I know, like you said, I love that you brought up the liquor stores all around the corner, and I know that owner. And hey, look, if I if I go to that liquor store and then 
you know, just have a drink. Maybe, maybe I'll go down to my other favorite place, which is Sac County. And, and you know what I mean? Like, so I get that, like the change of scenery was, was so vital to your success. And I've seen this before and it kind of brings me into another like kind of topic. It's not even, um, or a, a talking point. It, it's called like relocation recovery. I saw it with my aunt Bonnie. She couldn't get sober for the life of her. Right. And the only time she was able to sustain any sort of sustained sobriety was when she went to rehab in Utah. And when she stayed in Utah, it was in the moment she came back to California, you know, I, I'm not speaking on, I don't know what's going on with her and her recovery, but, but it, you know, it, it, it didn't work out. And so it shows that you actually were, were truly like done. You know what I mean, dude? Like you were like, Hey dude, this just doesn't jive with me anymore. So it did kind of happen organically. Kind of like I thought, like it just, it just wasn't a plan. And then it just, it became the plan. Yeah. And it was like, okay, I really want to stay sober Mm -hmm. and staying. So I was just home for four fucking days and I wanted to use more than I have in the last four fucking months. So maybe this isn't the best idea for me. And as far as relocation recovery, I would say it's like any other aspect of, of recovery, which is it's not a one size fits all. Mm -hmm. It works for some people. It doesn't work for other people because another one of our little idioms is everywhere I go, there I am. So like the thing, you're never going to get away from these problems that are inside you. You have to address those. But in my case, it worked for me. And I think another major factor of this is Morgantown is, is, is like a small town, especially in the sense of our community. Like I have, I have such a tight knit community that I was never able to cultivate in Sacramento. Not that it's not there. I also didn't try and i also didn't do it like I'm doing it here, but like my community here um, is, is unbeatable. And and that was such a huge factor in my decision. And, and you said like, when was it stay? It's never been stay. It's just, been like well this is working for now and then i'd go home and i'm like "Ooh, that didn't work and then you know i had a relapse and i was like kind of started my clock over again like well fuck uh i now i'm like i don't know if i'm ready to go home again now because i just had that you know back when i got to like three and a half years then it was like well i was thinking about going home but i relapsed and i basically said fuck everything and went home for like the summer mm-hmm. and i started doing the same shit and my relapse got way worse at home i was doing the exact same stuff as i was doing before working for my dad drinking while working um and it all just got exactly the same and i was like i have to go back to jacob's ladder yeah it sucks it's it's not easy but the other thing that always struck me was that when I went back, I always wanted to go back to my daughter before, right? Because I mm-hmm. she's been around since I've been to all my rehabs. Mm-hmm. But going back to my daughter and being the same drunk, useless fuck is not going back to my daughter. Mm-hmm. I was giving her no benefit going back and getting fucked up again. There was no, that wasn't a positive experience for her or me. There wasn't any like just physically being there is not being there dude that's a profound statement like and that that's a powerful that's a powerful statement and and it's all sort of making way more sense the more and more you're talking about it right like hey if i come back 
you know, here, here, hey, here, here's dad. Here's the dad you you always remembered, <laughs> right? <laughs> and and so so nothing's really changed. If anything, we're just we're just making it worse. So the difference is now that you know she sees it from afar, but or when you come back, um, she's seeing the new version, right? And and I and I think that is is the best part of the whole entire thing. Um, I do have another question for you, dude. Like, the longer you have gotten s- sober, and you've been out there, because how long have you been out in West Virginia? Six years now. Six years. Okay. Has it gotten harder being away from her that long? One thing I want to touch on before I answer that question on the last subject is basically it comes down to being sober in West Virginia is better than being drunk and being home there with Katie. Yeah. As far as has it gotten easier or harder? Like, do you beat yourself up from time to time? Like I like, do you do you get sad and shit sometimes? I do. And it's hard. That's a hard question to answer because I feel like it's both. I feel like at times I make my peace with it and I, I under I know why I'm doing it. And at other times I'm like, you know, beat myself up and I'm a piece of shit and all this. And like, this is why I felt the need to have this conversation and, and have this topic, even though it sucks and it's not fun. Uh, because I, I really do I really do struggle with it, but it's kind of the stuff that all this stuff that I've been explaining to you so far, like there are reasons I'm not just out here for shits and giggles, fucking off, like living my best life, you know, like, well, I think that's, I think that's another great point, dude, is, is what's the motivation, right? Like, like there's a lot of people who aren't dads because they choose to not be fucking dads and they're just, they're just not there. Right. Like, like, Hey, like, ah, yeah, I have kids. Fuck it. Like, ah, see you later. Um, like that's not the case. Like your purpose for being there is so you can, you can be there. And that's the, that's the simplest way I can put it. Right. Like, Hey, you are across the United States, but you also live in the 21st fucking century and can be on a plane super quick. Right. And you can, and we have FaceTime and, you have FaceTime and, and texting and everything like that. And, and you having those, those conversations now are a hell of a lot more important than, you know, her coming home to you asked out on the couch. Right. You know what I mean? Like, so I, I, I get it, but I just, I, I think it would be tough, man. Like, from a father's standpoint, if I was far away, like, you know, I would just be like, fuck, dude, maybe I'm missing some things or, you know, and I'm not trying to make it worse for you, but oh, fuck, I miss that. Or, oh, fuck, I miss this. Or, oh, fuck, you know, I, I should have been there for that. And I, I think that would be a hard struggle for me personally. And it seems like you carry it with a lot of grace. So I have a lot of respect for you in that regard. Um, I haven't told you that before because you and I haven't really talked about this. But but you do carry it with grace. It it it, it probably eats at you internally, but but you don't uh, you don't let it show too much, bud. So <laughs> hats off to you. Yeah, it's. I mean, there's no way around it. Like it sucks. Um, the other the other way that. I justify it to myself and I've actually had this conversation with my daughter Katie is something you kind of just pointed to, which is some people 
are just pieces of shit their whole life. Mm -hmm. Some people never change. Some people's dads suck. Some people's dads beat them or alcoholics or whatever their whole life. And they never change and they just always suck. At least I changed. At least I turned my life around. At least I did all this work to become a better person and to be able to better support you because I wasn't offering anything. The old version of me wasn't offering any kind of like support. And I also try not to beat myself up because I, I was with Katie for the first like, Oh, like 10 years of her life. And she lived with me and I wasn't, I I was fucked up a lot and that wasn't cool, but I always loved her and I always treated her pretty good. And I never like was abusive or anything like that. I did have a, a fucking crazy fly off the handle temper. Um, and, and there's a, a ton of things I would change, but I do try to give myself some credit that like Katie and I had a lot of good time together and we were loved or she was, she was very loved by me. Mm-hmm. But I mean, this brings us to our next point, which is that I have another daughter, Mila, mm-hmm. and the whole Katie thing, her and I have talked a lot and she got to her teenage years and in the last few, it became clear to me that if I moved home, she wouldn't even, she didn't even want to come live with me. Mm-hmm. She had her issues with me and also she has a good with my dad. They got a good thing going on, whatever. So it was like that ship's kind of sailed. And for Katie, I just look forward to her and I's relationship as an adult, because I know it'll be awesome. We got a long life to live together, knock on wood. But now there's young Mila who is amazing and it's like restarted the clock. And that, that part is, uh, that part makes it super difficult yet again. Yeah, so it, it is it is kind of like the restart button on the Super Nintendo, right? Like you're just like, boop, boop. But I think there's a silver lining to that. Um, and, and I'm super glad that you brought up the relationship that you and Katie had during that time while you were out here. I, I, I saw nothing of, of the sort that was, that was anything egregious or you being, you know, a bad parent or anything like that. I, I know that you love your daughters. You know what I mean? Like I, I know that. And I know how much you love Katie. You can see how much you post about her. You know what I mean? And, and, and <clears throat> sometimes if something happens and, and, you know, you can't be out there, it affects the shit out of you because you love the shit out of your daughter. Now in Mila's case, uh, she has the benefit of getting this version of you. Yes, you are far away. And so you're, you know, not, not seeing a lot, but, um, when she does, she's getting the full version of you, unlike something that Katie, you know, didn't get, unfortunately. So there is a benefit to that, but then it is hard. I imagine because ready, she's growing up and like, Oh yeah, my, my dad lives across the country. Right. And, and, and here's some other guy who, who, who's with my mom. <laughs> like, like, there's those weird fucking dynamics, dude, that I just, I just, I don't, I don't know how to navigate it because I, I'm not familiar with it. You know what I mean? It's so weird to me. It, it is strange. And Kristen's kind of reassured me. She's like, bi-coastal parenting is a thing now. Like, you're not the only one doing it. Yeah. And we have a, a beach trip this summer uh, to North Carolina. And we've asked Ashley, who's Mila's mom, if she's willing to let Mila come. And she said yes. So yeah. 
we have options like her coming out for the summer and stuff. That ship has sailed with Katie. Katie used to come out here a lot in the mm-hmm. summer when she was a little younger, and then she completely lost interest in that. But <laughs> her and I got to see each other a good bit, like especially when I when I first came out here. Um, but you know, I have to acknowledge, like if anybody was watching on video. When you said like I'm a good dad, my like face sunk. It's I I do get that. Like I get it from Kristen. I get it from a few people, and I want to believe that it's true. I know it's true because I know that I love my children. Um, but like me, just not physically being there is what makes that compliment so hard for me to take because in my head i'm just like no you're not you know like you you suck and it's it's this is why we're talking like it's really hard man like i said like it's back and forth i make my peace with it and then sometimes i just completely feel like yeah yeah dude i i and and that's i thanks for being so fucking vulnerable about this dude um because uh i imagine that that happens all the time Right. Like, yeah, you know, internally that you love your kids. Uh, but hey, you know, you had this vision of, of what, you know, a dad looks like, right? Like you grew up with your dad being in the house. Right. <laughs> so so when you when you see that you're not there for that, it, it would probably naturally make you feel like, hey, well, who the hell am I? Right. I'm not even fucking there. Right. But it's such a this is such a fucking hard topic, actually. Like it, it's putting me at like a loss for words, too. And it's going to bring me to, since you feel that way, does having, uh, you know, your future stepdaughter around, does that add a little bit of this sadness to you when you see Lyndon and how she, she gravitates towards you and then you know, like, hey, Mila's kind of around the same age or does it bring you back to, you know, Katie being young and then here she is now 17 fucking years old. Like, where did that time go? Like, does, does Lyndon's presence um bring any of those emotions to you i'm just curious that is another mixed bag there's a lot of facets to that i mean first and i don't know if i want to say foremost but first of all there is guilt because here i am being a dad to this girl and the dad that i wasn't able to be for katie and the dad that I can be for Mila, but from 3,000 miles away. Mm-hmm. So right off the bat, I feel guilt. And let me just start by saying I fucking love Lyndon. She's amazing. And I treat her basically like she's mine. But I told Kristen a while back, I said, hey, I want to let you know something. Like, I love Lyndon and I think she's amazing. But I don't. I know I don't post a lot of pictures of her or with her, and that's because I feel guilt around it. I feel this like, hey, here's me being a dad with this other girl while my other daughters just chill out solo in California. So there's that. And then there's this other thing where uh, at this age, in this stage of my life, um, with the work that I've done and the person I am today, the amount of patience that I have with her is incredible to me. 
And so I appreciate and applaud myself for that. But I'm like, oh my God, dude. Like I wish that I could have, I wish I I could have been this father for Katie. I wish I could have had even half this patience with Katie. But the difference between a 36-year-old man who's lived a little bit of life and had six years in, in recovery and a fucking 18-year-old kid who's drinking every night and doing coke and ecstasy and whatever else like it you can't even so that's a mixed bag too man i i'm i'm so proud to see the kind of father i can be to her but it also in turn makes me feel bad yeah dude yeah and i can see it dude and i i once again once again uh, i appreciate the vulnerability i i get how it could make you have guilt right like and and i'm glad that you told kristen why you don't post about it right like, like it's just it, which she totally understood she's absolutely. like yeah i, I totally get absolutely it. dude you have an amazing partner in kristen i i expect i expect nothing less coming from her with those responses but there is something that i want to hammer home on with you uh in regards to hey i wish i could have been this for katie uh, it's the same regardless of you know i wish i didn't go to jail so many times or i wish i didn't get arrested or anything it's the same it's the same model we we wish we could have changed a lot of things dude but when, but you were sick brother and and then you know she was yeah. she was and it sounds so cheesy right it sounds so stupid like hey yeah i know dickhead i was i was i was i was drunk yes fantastic but but hey cameron were you were you not being a father no you didn't have a kid so you can't really speak on it and that's true that's true i didn't have kids at that time thank god because i would probably have the same reservations and the same feelings but but when you have those things come into your mind you have to remember who you are today is way more important than who you were back then. And when I was just, when I just saw you when you were out here in California and, you know, Katie comes up upstairs with, from your dad's house and comes and you guys are sitting there interacting with each other, that relationship is three million times more important and way more valuable than anything that happened back when you were in active addiction. And I imagine that it's going to be a lifetime deal that you're going to have to try to deal with um, or we can start making the steps like you have been actively doing. Like I can tell, I can tell by how you process it to, to slowly just let it go one day at a time, bro. Um, that's going to come when it comes and it may never go away, but, but by no means do I think that you are a bad father. Um, you know, that you're a terrible person. Um, I know you love your kids and it's a battle that, um, you know, people like us are kind of given when we're when we're running and gunning, bro. Like, you know, the people that we love the most catch the strays, right? Like, like, you know, and, and we're in that we're that fucking tornado, dude. And unfortunately, it happens to the people that we love the most. And in this case, it was Katie, right? And and we we'd hit rewind if we could, but but we can't. And so I want I, I implore you to be gentle with yourself when those thoughts come into your mind. Because it does no good to to do that to yourself, brother. You, do you get what I'm saying? And I'm not trying to tell you that your feelings aren't valid, um, because they 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 more than are. Um, but but we we can't we can't fucking fix it. And and what we're doing now is all that matters. Yeah, and I do get that. And in most cases, I'm good. I'm great with that. Was the past? You can't change it. We only look forward. 
But in this case, you have to realize, like, my 17-year-old daughter's been in therapy. Yeah. And she's experienced more trauma in her young 17 years than probably a lot of adults or especially definitely kids her age have experienced. So I definitely carry some guilt around that and we've we we got through a rough patch like i mentioned earlier she used to come visit me a lot i used to be able to come visit her a lot more but we've gotten to this rough patch of her um feeling a lot of resentment towards me and and in my perception it was very like all of the sudden and was it because nothing changed except i only got better as a person and a dad um but is it her and her friends talking and trauma bonding i think she trauma bonds with a lot of her friends my dad's told me that she said like only one of her one person she knows has parents who are still married and together Mm -hmm. so there's a lot of less traditional family uh situations going on but she's gotten to this like deep resentment of me and I had a talk with her last time I was home when, when we saw you and I was like, I said what I said earlier, which is like, take it easy on me. I, I, I know, I know that I hurt you. I know I put you through some, some tough times and I'm sorry, I can't begin to understand what that feels like for you. And I acknowledge that, but I'm trying, I'm doing better. I'm working on myself and I'm here like with undying love for you and support for you no matter what. And without saying too much, her, uh, her mom's not doing great right now. And she has this undying love for her mom, which is fine. She's allowed to, but I'm like, grant me some of the grace that you grant your mom. I don't understand the, the, inequity there between the two of us and but the other part of it is like you're allowed to be mad at me that that's fine like i deserve it that's okay and i'll I'll wait it's on your time not mine because the the aggressor or the um perpetrator doesn't get to tell the the victim when when and how they have to forgive them you know so I have to let her do that, but it's also like, grant me some grace. Like if I still sucked and was still being a piece of shit, fine. You could hate me, but at least I'm doing better and I'm trying and I'm, I'm present now. Yeah, dude. I think that's a very interesting dynamic that, that, uh, that mom gets, gets the preferential treatment and, and, and you're, you're, you're still portrayed as like the bad guy. I wonder why that, I wonder why that is. Um, because that being privy to <laughs> to the background of that whole situation that makes absolutely no sense to me at all um <laughs> but but i mean i mean we're all individuals and katie is an individual um i'm glad you had that conversation and and it highlights another very important point that all, all of our listeners can can even highlight or pay attention to that just because we are on the right path and or we said our sorries and have have done, you know, triple axles and backflips to make every situation properly, you know, amended. Uh, sometimes people take a little bit longer to actually kind of reach that forgiveness plateau and and even our loved ones. And, and sometimes that's going to take a lot longer than we want. And I've 
here, here we go. We talked about it in the pre-show. I've said this on here before, um, but but I used to, I, it's something I still struggle with today. Like when I get into arguments with like my wife, and we don't argue a bunch. But if I will, I will fix this fucking problem, and then they're still mad about it. And I literally, I, I, I want to fucking shake them to death, dude. Like, 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 <laughs> I have resolved the fucking problem. I have said no. sorry. I have fucking, dude. I have done everything. What could you possibly be mad about? Please, this for the is... love of God, stop. Why, I mean, I mean, what else do I need to do? Do you want me to fucking walk outside with a fucking sign and be like, I'm an asshole? Like, what, what are we doing? Like, like Randall Brown <laughs> quote number one. I'm sober now. Do you forgive me? I mean, fuck me, dude. Like, I, I mean, and see, that's something that it I doesn't stopped. work like it that. Though the Cree, I understand. You don't that. get to punch someone in the face and be like, "Hey, I'm sorry." Hey, forgive me right now. I said I'm sorry, no. even though I punched you in your fucking face. No, no, and I've gotten better at it. It's one of my character defects, yeah. and I and yeah, yeah. I used to always just want to be like, you know. I fucking said sorry. Here's the solution. Yada yada yada. Let it go. One day at a time. We could die in in five seconds. So hey, I love you. Let's move forward. And and people don't operate like that. And and just because I operate like that doesn't mean that they have to. So I'm glad that you see that. Hey, Katie's. You know she's gonna come around, dude. She's gonna come around. And and what you said to her was absolutely right. And hopefully it's sunk into her brain. You know what I mean? Like hey, this could be. Uh, the dad that you 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 want to be mad at in your imagination, who is the the old dad, but but this version of dad is not that guy, and I need you to to see that. Yeah, there actually has been a big change since that conversation in our relationship, and that's I have to say that conversation was so uncomfortable. I didn't want to do it. I was scared to do it. I didn't know how to start it, how to do it. But it's a testament to have those difficult conversations with your kid. Because if you just like, ooh, I know there's something going on, but I don't want to say anything and I don't want to rock the boat. And I don't, uh, like you're just letting this resentment build or this issue fester or however you want to say it. And once I broached the subject, it, it was so uncomfortable because I had to I had to be vulnerable. I had to say, hey, dad was an asshole. Dad sucked. I get it. I, I and but also, please love me. <laughs> please love me because I love you. It was it was everything about it was uncomfortable, but I did it. Yeah. And there's been such a huge improvement in our relationship since then. And coming to someone with your your heart in your hand on bended knee and saying, "Hey, I fucked up, but I love you so much mm-hmm. that I you take your time with this, but just know I'm always here for you and I I love you more than you could ever imagine and when you're ready to accept me back in and stop being mad at me, I will be right fucking here waiting." Absolutely, dude. Absolutely. And you know what, man? I think another thing that could bring you some solace when you're when you're in this type of uh, if when the guilt's setting in, um, you know, you're a part of an exclusive group, dude. A lot of people in our community are have that same issue. You know what I mean? They may not be 3000 miles away from their kids, but but a lot of them, you know, they get sober and kids want nothing to fucking do with them. And and you're you're blessed in the regard that that, you know, at least Katie still wants to talk to you. You know what I mean? Um, so, so there's a positive spin on it and, and you get to have Mila come out, you know what I mean? Like, like that's a testament to your sobriety and that, you know, you, you really are doing it, you know? Um, because, because a lot of people do like, 
you know, they've done so much damage. Like I said, like my, my cousin, Brittany, like who was on this show, you know what I mean? Was deciding if she was even going to fucking go to her funeral right now. Now, mind you, great episode, now, by the way, yeah, now, go check that out if you haven't. For sure. Now, mind you, Toots never got fucking sober, but you get what I'm saying, right? And so, so give yourself a little bit of grace too. But I'm I'm so glad that you're able to to have those conversations with her, bro. That's that's so important. And I think it even comes back to what our Cassidy episode, right? Like with the whole transgender thing. Like, hey, we were talking about that. Like, well, some of these kids can't have conversations with their parents, so they might have to just go to the doctor and and, and do it that way. Well, well, like you just said, having that uncomfortable conversation is important. So as parents, it's our job to have those uncomfortable conversations. We're the fucking adults here. I mean, for Christ's sake. And it opens the door to having all the rest of the uncomfortable conversations. Exactly. exactly. So that, that brings me to um, my, uh, my last question for you, bro. And it's, it's a trick question. But do you think that you made the right decision staying in West Virginia? Absolutely not. Absolutely not? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, yeah, it, it's, I mean, without a doubt, it's the right decision for me. I'm... I'm where I am in my life today and what I have going on for me, it, it just never would have happened if I stayed home or came home too quick. Like I just wouldn't be where I am. And the, Chris and I have even talked about this. I'm not stuck here. I, I, I'm, I'm not saying I, I'll never come back. It's just what, what, it works for <laughs> no Jim, no don't do it <laughs> i don't want to fry our california listeners but uh yeah that, that place does fucking suck but i'm um, not come back here yeah i'll visit san diego anyway uh <laughs> no but uh yeah i mean without a doubt it it has and it, and it you know the most important thing i guess is the best version of me for my family, for my daughters, for everyone who knows me is the one they have since I've been here. Yep. And I, I guess that's the bottom line. Yep. I couldn't agree more, man. That's why it was a trick question because, you know, you could sit here and say, well, hey, I'm missing out on things with my kids or this and that. Um, well, you know what? The answer is yes. And it's a resounding yes because, ready, if you would have stayed or if you would have came back, who knows what what version of Henry that might have been? You know what I mean? Hey, you could you could have been one like I like to think about all the time. Like I, I was one bad turn away from fucking being dead in a drunk driving accident every day of my life. And so mm. so, you know, you being out there in West Virginia and 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 look at being alive and being alive is 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 super, super yeah. clutch. And then dude. and then, dude, you know, yeah, it's super clutch, man. And and so you're able to actually be, be a dead. Yeah. I could just be dead. You could just you could <laughs> Instead just of three thousand miles away. Yeah, yeah, you could be dead, man. So or we could be in prison. You, Literally. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like we're not joking. We're not being facetious. No. Like I could not be on this planet anymore. Yeah, so I literally that. say that all the time. Like when people are like, Hey, uh what why'd you get sober and things like that? But like, hey man, like I swear to you on 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 Jesus, um that I would be dead or in prison if I did not get sober six years ago. And, and overwhelmingly, I think I'd be dead. I think I'd be dead if I didn't get sober six years ago. That, that, like, that's a fucking fact, dude. Like my liver would obvi are, like be fried or I would have crashed and, and killed myself or somebody else. And, and it, and it would have, it would have happened without a doubt. I was running out of my fucking lucky stars for sure, dude. So, 
Yeah. Like I was saying, you made the right decision. I'm sorry that it gives you um, those hard and heavy moments, but that's just another testament to you just being alive, man, and having a big beating heart in your chest, dude. And if anything, mm-hmm. it shows just how much you really do love your your kids. So if you ever doubt that you're a, a, a bad dad or anything like that, well, if you were, dude, you wouldn't care so much. So so don't ever don't ever fucking you. yeah don't ever think that. Um, and I, I, I don't have any, you know, respect lost because you're 3000 miles away, um, because they get the version that I get, you know what I mean? And, and look at us now, dude. Right. And so, um, I appreciate you being so fucking honest with this dude. Um, it's a hard topic, but I think a lot of people are going to be able to relate. So, um, yeah, you made the right decision, bro. I do hate that you're that far away, but I mean, fuck dude, don't come back here. It's a shithole. And to all the parents out there, you you made a good point. If you're worried if you're a good parent or not, that means you are because you care and you're trying. <laughs> Straight up, dude. And I have one last thing on, on the parenting thing because you mentioned kind of offhandedly, jokingly, like Mila with her stepdad out there. And my thing to to all parents out there, because a lot of us are co-parenting with uh, exes is any amount of love that your child is receiving is good. As long as your ex's partner is not a piece of shit, let them love your child. I, I don't, I'm happy for Myla and Ashley that they have someone like Dave, who is Myla's boyfriend. He's, or I mean, (laughs) Ashley's boyfriend. He's an awesome dude. He's a firefighter. He has kids, so he's already used to being a parent. He gets along great with Myla. Myla loves him. And that's the end of the fucking story. There is no more. There is no, well, I hope he, her, her, and I'm her real dad. She better know that. No. Dave is one sort of dad and I'm another sort of dad and, and fucking bless her heart and lucky her. She gets two. And I have this little anecdote about what we do here. Co-parenting with Kristen's ex on Halloween. We went trick or treating with Lyndon. It was me, Kristen, her dad and her dad's girlfriend. Lyndon was an alien and we were all, uh, Kristen and I were spacemen and her dad and his girlfriend were like aliens too. We were all themed, all four of us. And that's how the fuck it should be. Yeah. Because what a magical experience for Lyndon. What a, how fucking cool is it to have not just two, but four people who love and support you, who dress up with you. We all walk together. There's no animosity the only thing that's important is that this child is happy and feels loved. I get along great with Kristen's ex. Uh, she has no animosity towards his girlfriend because they've moved on and, and they're fine. They have no emotional and romantic attachments with each other and they have no reason to. And, and he's seen me with his daughter. Like she fucking loves me. She runs and jumps into my arms and she's even heard her, He's even heard her say that she loves me and he's cool with it because why wouldn't you be like, let your child be loved. 
don't be like jealous and fucking weird. If someone is being good to your child, let them like, don't let's not have this weird, awkward, jealousy, hatred, like, no, motherfucker, that's my kid. No, if, if, if the relationship didn't work out and the new partner is loving your child, let them love your child. It's that simple to me. Dude, that's a, that's a, that's a great fucking point, man. And that is super beautiful. Uh, going back and I didn't know that that was, that was, uh, her ex. I didn't know that. I thought they were just some random people that were trick or treating. Oh, did you see the picture? Yeah, of course. Oh, you remember of the course. picture? Yeah, yeah. I did. that's I, that's her dad, dude. I I didn't know that. That's fantastic. I think uh, I think being cordial for the same common goal, right? We're trying to raise this child in a loving and and caring home, and if both parties can do that and set their egos to the side, it can be a beautiful thing. Um, I, I know my wife had the exact opposite of that growing up, I believe, you know, it was, it was a divorce and one parent did this and one parent did that. I, I didn't grow up in it, but she said, you know, it wasn't like this united front on, on, Hey, let's, let's, let's be captain love. Um, so I think that's super cool, man. And I'm glad that, that you have the opportunity to see it that way. Um, and I think it's very important that, you know, Mila has that father figure with her with her in the day to day with Dave, and then she has you as well. And I, I think that's fantastic, dude. So um, chin chin and and all the warm and fuzzies on that, dude. I think that's dope. Do you get do you get along with you get along with the dad and the and the girlfriend and shit? Yeah, they're cool. Yeah, hundred percent. We're totally cool. And I have to say, like, I adopted this line of thinking from my anger management teacher uh claudia diaz shout out r.i.p love her she's fucking awesome um and her thing is this is how the court sees it and this is how it should be it's the best interest of the child what is in the best interest of the child and your kid does not deserve to be in the middle of whatever your problem is so you never want to I, you never want to put down the other parent, especially in court. It makes you look like a spiteful, angry dickhead. So you, and, and you don't make, try to make your child's other parent look like a piece of shit in front of your child, because here's why. Perfect. My daughter, Katie loves her fucking mom. So you putting their parent down that they love in front of them and probably possibly telling them stuff that's not true they're gonna realize like well why are they lying to me one or two like i but i love my mommy i love my daddy why are they saying this about my daddy and then you're putting this weird fucking turmoil in your child um that's just unnecessary so keep your disdain for your ex to yourself and do it over text or preferably on the phone so there's no uh record of it for court but (laughs) With your kid, <laughs> with your kid, keep it kosh. Yeah, yep, mom's cool. All right. Anyway, yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah, and that's and that's what we have to do for the young children in this in this world, right? Like, like they don't they don't need to be seeing that type of shit, man. And and I think I think a lot of people are too quick to fucking you know just be like, hey, yeah, your dad's a big old piece of shit. Fuck that asshole. Blah 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 blah. Or mom, mom's out doing all her fucking thing. Blah 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 to make you look better. And and there's no benefit. Yeah. What are you? What are you no positive. What are you trying to fucking achieve there, dude? Like, like you're trying to get the kid on your side just so you can jab it to your fucking to your the other person. Right. Well, dad did this or mom did that. That's why I'm super glad that I, I didn't ever have to deal with that. But I'm glad that you have a very cordial relationship and I'm glad that everybody's thriving. Um, so that's fantastic, dude. 
Whoo! Now that we didn't got that shit out the way, you feel okay? A, yeah, I feel good, dude. I'm sure I'm gonna feel good when we're done. I'm gonna have to sit by myself in silence for five minutes mm. and ponder, but I feel good. You did great. Dude. I uh, I have another little story since we're doing the um, since we're doing the parenting episode. I asked a lawyer friend of mine to look into my legal situation to see if we can get a few things stricken from the record. Nice. And she comes back, she comes back and she's like, dude, you're never going to believe this. And it was in a big group chat, the fantasy football chat, because she's in it. She's like, you guys are never going to believe this. One of Henry's listed aliases for Sacramento County is Papa Lope. (laughs) (laughs) So at some point, I I have no recollection of this. I have no idea. At some point, I got arrested or something, and I, my drunk ass said, they said, who are you? I said, Papa Loke, motherfucker. Papa Doc, fuck a clock, fuck your trailer, fuck everybody. <laughs> <laughs> fuck y'all and you down here. I am out here. Here, tell these people so something they don't know about me. Well, Papa Loke. Dude, I was just about to say, dude, I didn't know about that. The Papa Loke alias, dude. Watch out. The streets of like sack, dude. County jail <laughs> website. <laughs> oh, fuck me, dude. I really have no idea how or why, but oh. I think it's incredible. Dude, That that's fantastic. Papa Loke, dude. Fantastic. Oh, dude, that's hilarious. Papa Loke. Well, well, Papa Loke, we 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 got to get down on 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 some Super Bowl news, dude. Now that we've made me feel like shit for an hour, let's make me feel like shit some more. You know what, man? You know what? We we talked about it. So your 49ers lost in the Super Bowl. How how are you how are you holding up, bud? Well, uh I may or may not have taken a personal day on that Monday. <laughs> um you know, I'm let's put it like this disappointed, but not surprised. Mm. And uh, when I listened back to our episode, which came out the next day, I was like, well, we pretty much hit it on the head. Mm. Like to take nothing away from him. Mahomes is a fucking gamer. He's just, he's gonna, he's gonna give you his best shot every fucking time. He's going to make stuff happen. And the night of, I tried not to be bitter. And I was like, you know, they called a fair game. And I don't think that, I mean, we, we lost and I don't think anything they did or didn't call completely cost us the game. I think there was a lot of things that we did as a, as a team and as a coaching staff that, that cost us the game more than the 500 holding penalties they didn't fucking call, but that's another story. Um, But you know, part of it, I, I think Kyle Shanahan is a great offensive mind. But I see him failing in some points, like with the killer instinct and the putting it away and and taking the opportunities and not fucking running the ball, not giving the ball to Christian McCaffrey for two whole quarters. Like their weakness, only weakness as a defense is their run D and their secondary is incredible. And we're throwing on every fucking first down. We have an average third down of fucking 12 yards. Like, what are we doing? Dude, there's a lot to unpack in that. Um, 
Yeah. But I I agree wholeheartedly, dude. I think first of all, I'll hit on the uh the Shanahan thing. Uh I, I don't know if he necessarily makes the right adjustments when adjustments need to be made, just from the outside looking in, right? Every 49ers game that I've seen them lose in a big game is because he absolutely refuses to make an in-game adjustment. And then the not running McCaffrey, that's the part that makes me think that it's fucking scripted, dude. Like, that's the same thing the Ravens did with him. I don't understand. Uh, the Chiefs yeah. even came out. The Chiefs even came out afterwards and said they wanted Brock Purdy to run the ball. I mean, to throw the ball. That that that's what they wanted him to do. And lo and behold, they accomplished that. I don't know with fucking telekinesis or mind control fucking pills or something like that, dude. Because I do not understand that game plan. Another thing that was disappointing. Not to mention, he's the best fucking player on our team. MB- MVP Get of the fucking the league. Yeah, MVP of the league, dude. Hands down. Should have been right. Yeah, should have been. Won me the fantasy league, dude. Um, I, I gotta say, uh, you had plenty of opportunities to win that fucking game. If you could have yeah. put that, you could have put that game away in the first fucking half in the first half. Yeah. And, and when you didn't, um, I had that, that instinctual feeling like, Oop, this is what's going to happen. You gave Mahomes too much fucking time and, yep. and he's going to come down and he's going to give it to you raw. I mean, if, if, if that bills AFC fucking championship game was any indication that anything is possible with that dickhead. Um, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, nothing, nothing was Dude, safe. Even on that final drive, when it was like five minutes left and what do we need to do? We need to waste the fucking clock. The very first play they threw the ball. I mean, what are we doing? It was complete. So it worked out. Okay. But like, why we dropped that we're already on second down and the fucking clock is stopped like they want nothing more than than that what we're serving them on a platter and it's like dude McCaffrey's the best player on the, our team their rush defense is the worst part of their defense we need to run the clock out all right let's throw it yeah what yeah, yeah and that's dude. why like I can't blame the refs I can't really complain like we we failed as a coaching staff and a team like and honestly coaching and and we're throwing it to Jawan Jennings which by the way he's awesome and he was probably the MVP of the Super Bowl but what the fuck for us but what the fuck are we doing yeah. like we have Christian McCaffrey Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel and George Kittle mm-hmm. who had two catches for 4 yards w- what are we doing Dude, dude, he couldn't Purdy Purdy didn't have the best of performances in that game either. But he was he was under fucking duress for yeah. majority of the game. Like your O line was not doing too too great. Dude, did you see the holding penalty they called on Trent Williams against yeah, the the holding penalties they didn't call on them all all game? Yeah. Like yeah. it was absurd. Yeah. Well, it all comes back to what we talked about, my friend. Um Golden they, Boy Patty Mahomes. They got what they wanted too. We got uh, you know, entertainment tonight. Um you posting wear short skirts. Yep. Yep. And we we get to sit there and watch them kiss and fucking and and say they love each other and, and confetti was falling. It was all a part of the master plan, pal. All a part of the master plan. But I think you guys are in for a change. Who knows if you're going to sign Ayuk in the offseason. He's going to want like 20-something million. You guys going to pay him that much? Out. I think he wants out, dude. So I, he, I think he's pissed about the way the Super Bowl went, as he should be. I mean, I get it. But he's a fucking – he's a he's a number one receiver. And, you know, I'm losing faith in Debo because Debo's a fucking incredible player, but he's hurt all the goddamn time. He's hurt and if you're the not time. there – 
then you're not helping. Dude, dude, the green law, uh, um, knee injury or the Achilles. That was huge. That, Achilles. That, that was, was huge. they targeted his fucking replacement the entire time. Nine receptions, nine targets for nine receptions and a touchdown to his replacement. Yeah. yeah, and that's Patrick Mahomes. He's smart. He's a fucking gamer. I mean, I'm sick of him already, and we got at least ten more years of this shit. So, dude, whatever. I hope he, I hope he, I, I hope he has like the Brett Favre treatment next year or something like that, dude. Like you know, just pops the Achilles or not the Brett Favre, the uh, Aaron Rodgers deal. Uh, Brett Favre, they're same thing, dude. Packers QBs. All right, leave me alone. Um, but no, I'm laughing that you're wishing this death upon him because I, I, I want to say him. I don't, but um, wink, wink, <laughs> dude. I hate him so much, bro. Well, all right, dude. I this just, was a- don't Go give ahead. him help. He's good enough. He doesn't need all the help that, that the league and the refs give him. He doesn't need it. No. Let him win on his own. Yeah. Like to me, his legacy is tarnished. Three Super Bowls, three fucking Super Bowls. They haven't called holdings holding yep. on the Chiefs O line. Yep. And you know when they did call it against fucking Tom Brady and the Bucks because Tom Brady was still the golden boy. Yep. Now it's Patrick Mahomes. And now he doesn't get, he doesn't need help. He's got fucking three already. He's got at least 10 more years. He's a fucking phenomenal player. Let him win them on his own. Stop helping him. If to me, the legacy is tarnished because you have all the help in the world. I think he's a fucking great player. He's incredible. Let him win without help. That's all I'm saying. That's all I ask. Hey, hey, I don't think that's going to change. I don't think that's going to change. I don't think that's going to change at all. I think I think need a new golden boy. Yeah, I don't I don't see one coming either. I don't think Caleb Williams is the guy or anything like that. I don't I don't I don't see a, a, a not in this year's draft. All right. Well, everyone stopped listening 15 minutes ago, so let's get out of here. All right, dude. Well, hey, this was a good episode, man. I thanks again for talking about it, and actually, um, it gave me some insight and uh, gave me something to think about because it's something I had been thinking about. Like I said, I, I, it pops in my in my old little Cree mind from time to time. So. I will, um, I will give us our spiel. Um, give us a follow on everything. We are on Google Podcasts, Samsung Music, Amazon Music, Apple, uh, Spotify, YouTube. Um, check us out on YouTube. All, all these videos are going to be up on Monday when the episode drops. Uh, give us a follow on TikTok what and Instagram. What else did you add today? I added Deezer Google. as well. Um, oh, Deezer, Deezer nuts. <laughs> yeah, Deezer nuts. That's all I thought about the entire time. Uh, Deezer, uh, yeah, like I said, Google. Um, I'm setting up a look. Deezer one more time. Deezer, <laughs> Deezer, dude. Deezer, uh, dude, it feels weird to say it. Deezer, okay. So, uh, we also, I am setting up a locals account. Um, that is like a social networking where you create communities. Um, I'm trying to figure out the platform, but you'll be able to, you know, ask questions on there. Um, you'll be able to engage with us directly. Uh, you'll even be able to throw us a, you know, a nickel or two if you're feeling um, generous. Um, so once I get that set up all the way, um, I will have that link in the uh, the show description and in our link tree. Um, with that being said, we do have merch. There is a support this podcast button down at the bottom. Um, if you could help in any which way, 99 cents and up for a monthly subscription helps this podcast tremendously. Um, we have seen an, a nice little um, spring of growth and we appreciate everybody who has been a part of that. Um, welcome to the Rude Gang if you're new. Um, we love you and uh, stick around because we're just getting started. And do you have anything right. before I close? I do. I think it's important to remind people that if you're just listening, 
cool. We're glad to have you. We love you. But cool. <laughs> please, please press the follow button. Press please. the like button. Leave a five-star rating. Just It takes one second. Literally, just click the button. It helps us tremendously. We're trying to spread the 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 gospel to to all the people in all the lands and uh, get get the message out there and grow and whatever the fuck else we're trying to do. Just click like and share and share it. If you don't want to share it on social media, just text message it to a friend that we fucking love that too. That is just as awesome. And also uh, reach out to us. Reach out if you know me or Cam. Reach out messenger text whatever you have or instagram rude dude pod um if you don't have our personal number whatever uh reach out do you have a question do you have a topic that you want us to to do on on the podcast are you do you want to talk privately and not have be blown up hey i'm having a little trouble staying sober hey i I was wondering about this that hit us up we 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 want to talk we respond to messages and uh we want to talk and we we're legitimately here to help Absolutely, dude. And that is a great point. Um, hit the follow button, please, for the love of God. And actually, a lot of people have been doing that. Um, we, we've seen a substantial amount of people doing that organically. Um, our five star rating has gone up too. we had like, you know, 44, 46 reviews. And now it's up to like 52. So a lot of people are hitting that we appreciate it. But yeah, reach out to us. And that's the reason another reason why I wanted to create locals because it's another way for you guys to engage with us. Um, Fantastic, fantastic, fantastic. I think next week we're Hen's gonna try to scramble and get us a guest. Um, somebody from New yeah, York. Yeah, we or... got we got young uh Ray Glimpf, awesome oh. dude. I have uh, done a lot of work for him. I met him in a B and I group, and he's a hustler, man. He's just flat out a hustler. He came um he's a he's a legitimate rags to riches story. He's a very impressive dude. He's he's uh, a little younger than me and he's a millionaire um and he's done it with through grinding hustling real estate uh and he's just crushing it man he's a very inspirational story so i'm really excited for that and a, just a positive dude he's just a great dude yeah and 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 i think we're gonna kind of try to get some more guests just like that right like hey hey some more some more people who are succeeding at life um and yeah. you know following their dreams and things like that um you know i don't we'll... believe that addiction is part of his story at all um and and that's okay like that's the other point we want to make this isn't just straight recovery this is about you know being a successful human being yep yep and how we get there so cool i'm excited about that one pal People that can bring bring value to our to our listeners word well all right dude i will uh finish it like i always do i love you hen very much thanks again for being so fucking vulnerable and talking about this hot button issue and now we're done with it so you did it pal i know and the fact that we like said we should do this like six weeks ago and i've had to sit <laughs> on it this whole time. <laughs> holly julia we done did her you done i love you too and remember children be yourself and fuck what they talking about all right everybody watch your ass papa loke is on the streets out there in west virginia dude the feds are on his ass all right had <laughs> <laughs> a baby shrimp boy one of them see with the music i'm here we go one of the puppy then boy Hello.